Welcome to Special Needs Navigators ABCs of Disability Planning podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm glad you're here. My name is Eric Jorgensen. I created this podcast to help parents navigate the maze of benefits, resources, and services. I'm on this journey with you. My son is on the spectrum. I was widowed in 2012, and I beat cancer in 2020. I get that life throws us curveballs. Every week, my guests and I do a deep dive into things our families may come across. I don't spend too much time focusing on a specific disability. My intent is to help as many families as possible. You may already be familiar with some of these topics, others not so much. My goal is to increase awareness of and provide context around what's available, when to use it, and, if applicable, how to apply it. Let's dive in. Welcome, everyone. For those of you that do not know me, my name is Eric Jorgensen. I'm the founder of Special Needs Navigator. I started Special Needs Navigator to help families, individuals, and caregivers navigate the maze of benefits, resources, and services. Today, I have with me Elizabeth Larson. She is a financial consultant and a great resource for families with or without disabilities who are looking to understand their financial situation and map out a future for themselves and their children. We're going to focus specifically on value-based special needs planning and what that means. And before we dive into that, I want to give an introduction to who Elizabeth is. She's got a phenomenal background. I think you're going to be just as excited as I am to learn from her after I share everything she's done. She's going to share with us what value-based planning is and what the role of of a professional is and why you want to work with a professional and not try to do this on your own. So Elizabeth is, as I mentioned, a financial consultant. She comes from a very large family. She is one of 13 children, including four sisters with Down syndrome. So she's lived it. She understands the importance of special needs planning, and she strives to alleviate any fear of the what if and replace that fear with the comfort that comes from coordinating special needs planning with your overarching financial strategy. Now, this is something that resonates with me. When my wife was alive and I was in the military, we never did any planning. There was no overarching strategy. It was just kind of winging it from day to day, and it didn't work out well. She is a member of the Academy of Special Needs Planners. She's been involved in Gigi's Playhouse, a Down Syndrome Achievement Center that it provides free resources for any individual with a diagnosis. Now, this is crazy. She propelled down a 26-story building in Detroit to raise money for the organization. That's wow. She also volunteers at the Judson Center, an organization that provides comprehensive services that strengthen children, adults, and families impacted by abuse and neglect, autism, developmental disabilities, and mental health challenges so they're successful in their communities. So that's a little bit of who Elizabeth is and what she's doing in the community. But Elizabeth, I'd love to hear more from you about your professional, what drove you to being a financial consultant, what do you really love, and just anything else you're willing to share with us. Sure. So like you said, I grew up in a really large family. And when I was 10 years old, my parents adopted my little sister, Janie, who she's like all over my website. She has Down syndrome. And she was actually my maid of honor in my wedding. She's one of my favorite people on the planet. I mean, I love all my siblings, but there's something special between me and Janie. So she's why I went into special needs planning. But I 
joined my dad's practice. He's been a financial advisor for 40 some years. So we have a practice together. But I really wanted to go the route of special needs planning because it has played such a large role in my life. You know, when I was in elementary school, I volunteered in the special education department as part of their buddy group. And then I volunteered in, I did the Special Olympics, pretty much every extracurricular that my sisters were involved in, I was also involved in. It was an important aspect of my life. And it's just really what I feel most passionate about. So that's what I wanted to tailor my business to. Awesome. I think your passion comes through. I think it's very clear to anybody who who talks to you for two seconds. The (laughs) true passion you have for families like mine and like yours when you're growing up. So what is values-based planning? Many of the audience know I used to be a financial planner. I can tell you, I don't think I did values-based planning. I certainly cared about people's values, but this is a whole nother level. I really believe that in order to give like actual good sound advice, I really need to understand what motivates my clients. So every time that I have a meeting, whether they become clients or not, my initial meeting with anybody (laughs) is I ask the question, what's important about money to you? And what I really love about that question is that I'm able to really build on it and get to a really high level so I can make a connection between their values and their financial future. Okay. When we were talking on the phone before this, you were sharing, you don't usually stop at just one question, right? No. Yeah. So the exercise, what it kind of does as I build on it. So a lot of times when people answer the question, what's important about money to you, they say freedom or security. And then I ask the question, well, what's important about security to you? And then they have to answer that question. And we keep on going through these different levels and it kind of goes through you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We, mm-hmm. we pretty much go through that and end up at that level three, which is self-actualization so that they can express that they you know, want to... A lot of times it ends up with, I want to fulfill my purpose or I want to be the best human being that I can be. You know, Things like that that are level three tiered. It really helps to clarify the goal setting process because once we get to that level, we can really clarify what's important to them and that is what their goals are based on. I hope that that makes sense. It does. If you and I were to do this exercise, I think my first answer would be, I want to make sure my son is provided for when I'm gone, mm-hmm. right? So then you would ask Ian, well, what's important about that, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So what's important um, about making sure that your son is provided for once you're gone to you? So then it would be, I want to make sure he's got what he needs. And then we would go on and on until it's Really, that's why I started Special Needs Navigator, right? Because eventually I can turn this company into something maybe I sell or it becomes a passive income stream where now I can fund a special needs trust for him. And it answers that very first question that you asked, what's important about money to me, right? Mm -hmm. And not that other families are going to be as grandiose or perhaps they have better ideas, but I think that's really cool concept. I would imagine... Many families probably feel like it's almost therapeutic, right? Definitely. We've had people that cry during the... We call it the values conversation. So some people cry. We've had some people stand up and cheer because they get excited by the end of it. I did have one person who was like, geez, Betsy, I wasn't expecting a therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) But I have never had anybody that didn't really appreciate the process. At first, people kind of are confused by it, I think, because they think that they're coming to talk to a financial advisor about 
money? What should I invest in? Here's my estate plan. Take a look at it and see if what I need to add to it, things like that. But that's not where I begin. I need to really understand what motivates you and what's important to you so that we can build on that. Because everybody is going to be different. There's no cookie cutter way of doing it. So when somebody first reaches out to you, it sounds like you're not asking them for statements right away. Nope. So that's part of the first meeting, but that's at the very end of it. So the money is a part so that we can really understand where they are today and then make a plan to move forward. Because I think that it's important for them to even understand where they are today. Whether we work together or not, they can walk away saying like, okay, I know that this is the amount of cash I have. This is the amount of debt I have. This is the insurance I have. And then they can move forward from that, even if they're taking that information to a different advisor. But at least they know. I want people to leave my office really feeling like they have a better understanding of where they are and what's important to them, and then be able to work from there. I will tell you, Elizabeth, that whole idea, and this is not meant to be a dig against your traditional financial advisor, because I think every advisor out there cares what's important to the client. But I really like your approach of, what is important about that and taking it those next extra steps instead of just saying, well, I want to retire when I'm 60 and I want to make sure I have a million dollars in trust. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's move on from there, which is what you might get from your more traditional advisors. Yeah. It sounds like you're really taking the time to understand, well, what is it about that that you want to accomplish? What is it about that, that that million dollars is going to bring And then you can help them Maybe it doesn't need to be a million dollars, right? Because if you take the time to really understand what they're looking for, is, is that right? Am I along the right path? That is accurate. It really helps to clarify everything. Another reason that I really love that values conversation is I have two, depending on, on if I'm talking to one person or if I'm talking to a couple. So when I'm talking to a couple, they each have their own values. And so I make the other person sit there silently and really listen to the other person. And I've had really great responses from that as well, because people can see how either in tune they are with each other or not. And then that's a bigger conversation <laughs> to be had. Um, but most of the time, they are pretty aligned. Honestly, I feel like marriages or relationships are strengthened after hearing those conversations. Because how often do you sit with your partner and say, you know, what's really important to you? probably have like a, an idea of what's important to them, but having that actual conversation and being forced just to sit there quietly and listen, I think it makes a big impact. Absolutely. And I mean, I think about it as a parent of a child with a disability, just having a moment to have this conversation where you have the time and the sight and the ability with no distractions, I mean, yeah. that's a game changer. So this is the first meeting. What are the other meetings like? Yeah. So, I mean, after we have that meeting, they kind of decide whether they want to hire me or not. And then after that, that's when we get into more of the planning. You know, I am not the master of all. I go to resources. I go to other experts in areas that I'm not an expert in. So what I want to be an expert in is knowing the resources, really. So I can do the financial planning part, but then go to you know somebody who, like you to help me with the resources in all these different states that I might not be aware of. Going to somebody like, I'm trying to think of her name right now, Kenzie, like the transition yeah, specialists. Kenzie. And then there's Medicaid specialists, all of that. So that's when we really put everything together and figure out what we really want for either the individual. I work with individuals who have special needs as well that want to 
grow their wealth while also trying to be able to keep their benefits that they really need. Or I work with parents who are planning for their children. Disabilities happen at all stages. <laughs> so you can't just say, you know, I'm, I only plan for children. I don't. I help to plan for all ages of people and, and all different, I guess, disabilities, not all developmental. Anyway, so I help to just provide those resources and help to navigate. You know, you're the special needs navigator, but I also try to help navigate the system and connect them to the right people so that it's just made a little bit simpler for them. So it doesn't have to be stressful. I feel like a lot of times people are so stressed, they don't even begin, you know? So I want them to just begin and then I can help them with each step of the way. We can do, we can have action plans for every time that we meet. And I like to meet three times per year. That way we can really understand that we are on track to meeting their goals. That way, if there are any corrections that need to be made, they're small corrections and not large ones that really affect their, like really detrimentally affect their plan. That's kind of what happens afterwards. And I want to capture this, Elizabeth, because most advisors don't meet with you three times a year. A lot of them will meet with you maybe once a year. If you have a lot of money with them, maybe twice a year. It's not a conversation to see how things are going. And I'm speaking generalizations. I I don't want a lot of hate mail, but I mean, I'm speaking generalizations. The fact that you have, when people come in and you can tell them, we're going to meet three times a year, Mm -hmm. you hire me, you're getting two more conversations this year. Mm -hmm. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Did you come about that from experience? Where did you come up with the three times a year? Honestly, a lot of it came from my dad because I, you know, he's had so much experience And he was the one that taught me three times a year is perfect because four times a year is a lot. Even three times a year can be a lot for some people, but at least with three times a year, we can have that connection just to make sure that you you feel it, that the client feels at ease, that they are on the right track and they're making the right steps and things are actually happening. You know, they're not in just a gridlock and they're just waiting for the next thing to happen or the next shoe to fall, you know? Right. And you're not saying every meeting is going to be an hour to two hours long, right? I mean... The first few are the longer ones because those are the ones we're really digging down and getting to the nitty gritty of what needs to be done in their plan. And then probably one a year is going to be a, a big one where we do like a full comprehensive review. But the rest of it is just like checking in kind of a quick progress update. This is where we're at. Do you have any questions? These are the next action items because these are the things that we got done in the last few months, things like that. So it sounds like, and I want to highlight this for those watching, working with a professional, to me, brings two things of value. It asks questions that we may not be willing to ask ourselves because we always try to give ourselves a pass, right? You're asking those really hard questions and then you're holding people accountable, which again, we like to I'm guilty. (laughs) You know, part of why I go hiking every week is because I have somebody I'm going to go hiking with. If I didn't, I'd probably be in my basement playing video games. I mean. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's a huge part of my role is to be that person that keeps them accountable. I mean, and I would also expect that they kept me accountable if I wasn't holding up my end of the bargain. You know, I'd want them to say like, what's going on here, Elizabeth? But that hasn't happened so far. Yeah, I do. I make sure that they're saying that they are holding up their end of the bargain. You know, they came to me to make sure that this stuff gets done. And I feel like I am not doing my job if I'm not making sure that that stuff gets done. Because if God forbid anything happens and I didn't hold you accountable to get the stuff done that you needed to get done, like that's on me Yeah. at that point. 
And I, I want to be careful that people understand holding accountable is different than forcing. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes people may not go to an advisor because there's a sense of shame almost, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no shame. People come to me at all different stages of life. and You're making the strides just by coming to me for that just initial appointment, even if you don't end up hiring me. Just by coming in and bringing your documents with you and going through that conversation, you're better off than it had you not. You know, you're walking away with a better understanding of where you want to be and where you are right now. And then you can, you know, make steps to figure out how to get there if you don't want to, you know, necessarily do it with a professional. If you want to kind of do it yourself. Or try to do it yourself. Try to do it yourself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm of the opinion there's a reason we have professionals. I mean, you were saying a lot of what you bring to the table, it's not just your knowledge, which is certainly a lot to consider, but it's also all of those other professionals the transition specialist, Medicaid, the attorney. Yeah. Sure. Somebody could go on Google and maybe they get lucky, but I would rather work with somebody who's been vetted. Yeah. I'm not a gambler. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's definitely like right about ways of doing things. I'm not a gambler. So when you make an introduction, if the family want, would you be willing to sit with the family when they meet with their attorney or with these other professionals? I do every time. Wow. Yep. Because I also need to be on the up and up and know what's going on. So yeah, I mean, I actually just had a conversation with an attorney just yesterday where I brought up stuff. He was like, oh, that's a really good point. Because I mean, I'm immersed in this. Not all attorneys do this all the time. I think it's really important to find an attorney who works in the special needs area a lot. But if not, they need to have somebody there that is going to bring up some stuff that maybe they hadn't thought of. So, I like how you highlighted, because I agree with you, I think the attorney should be immersed in this world. You know, As I mentioned at the beginning of this, you are a member of the Academy of Special Needs Planners. Mm-hmm. Would you mind just explaining what that is real quickly? Yeah. So it's mostly attorneys. It's like a nationwide community of attorneys and financial professionals who make special needs planning their like main focus. It's really been great for questions that I've had. I can, you know, go out to an attorney and just a quick, just a quick question and they can pop me back and answer really fast. And it's been a really great resource. I mean, just specialneedsanswers.com. That's their website for consumers. And I recommend that a lot of people go to that website for questions that they may have about special needs trusts or supplemental security income or Medicaid, things like that. Got a lot of information on there for if people are curious. So I'll make sure I capture that, specialneedsanswers.com. I'll make sure I have it in the description. And as you work with families, you're helping them. What would you say your top one or two goals are? And I know the families are coming to you because they have goals. Mm-hmm. But what do you really want to help them accomplish? I mean, what do you really want to make sure they take away from every meeting? Yeah, I mean, number one thing that I always go to is their estate plan. Do you have one? How updated is it? That's number one. After that, I, honestly, it depends on what their goals are and what okay. they're trying to achieve. So I like to make sure that they have a sound financial roof. So that includes things like insurance. You know, I'm not like an insurance pusher. I don't have a certain product that I'm trying to push, but it is important to really have that roof of protection on so that if anything happens, your house doesn't implode or just come crumbling down. So 
that's kind of the first steps is making sure that they have that sound financial roof. And that includes the estate plan, special needs plan, and then like all of their different insurances, whether that's, you know, life, disability, homeowners, auto, all of that. We have our insurance professionals look all of those over to make sure that they're properly covered. And again, you're not trying to be the expert in all of this. You have a team of people that you work with. Yeah, we have insurance professionals who actually take a look at all of those so that it would be impossible for me to know all of this information. But if I can have really good resources, that's my goal. And I think that's what everybody should be looking for. I get nervous when I come across anybody who says they can do everything. Maybe there's a unicorn out there, but (laughs) I would much rather work with somebody who is very good at building relationships with other experts and doesn't have too much of an ego to say, oh, I'm not an expert in this. Let me bring so-and-so in. Yeah. And it's important to have, uh, you know, some, you have to know some stuff. (laughs) I know basics in all of these areas, Mm -hmm. but it's more important to me to, to know who the experts are to be able to go to. Right. Well, where I see your role, Elizabeth, is you are really, really good at helping families get to the root of what they want to accomplish by asking them questions they may never have asked themselves before. They may have never answered before. And as a parent, I can tell you, I think I know, and I might even know the why, but that third or fourth or fifth time that you're asking me, well, what's important about that? And I'm saying this because I've been working with a coach for my business and in very similar questions, it's like, holy crap, where did that come from? So I'm sure that's what parents are coming up with is, wow, yeah, I mean, I really did mean that. I have so much of the day-to-day reacting to everything going around me. I've never been able to take a step back and really think about 5, 10, 20 years from now, what do I want for me? What do I want for my child? I would argue most of us will probably say that are watching will say, well, I know what I want for my child 20 years from now. But I would almost bet none of us have really been honest about what we want for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's your superpower is you're really able to get these families to one, say what they want and two, acknowledge that they don't have to feel guilty for that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think that a lot of times parents who have children with special needs, they are solely focused on their child and what they need to do to make sure that their child is protected. But it's important that the parents also live the lives that they want to live. You don't want to just live a miserable existence so that your children will be okay. Why not have both? (laughs) Do the things that you want to do, accomplish the things that you want to accomplish while also being able to plan for your child. That would be like the quotable quote. I love that. (laughs) Uh, because I mean, I hear so many parents who don't think like that. With that in mind, Elizabeth, I really want to make sure we circle back and the one nugget or maybe two nuggets, if any family is watching this, the one or two things that they should take away, you know, besides, hey, we need to give Elizabeth a call. What (laughs) what one or two things would you like the family to take away? So, I mean, kind of what I just talked about, it's important to be able to Achieve the goals that you want to achieve personally, as well as planning for your children. And you can do both, but it does take planning. It takes a little bit of thought and working with professionals makes it so that it's not all on their shoulders so that they have somebody that can allow them to go out and live their ideal lives while the professional is taking care of the nitty gritty stuff, (laughs) the stuff that nobody really wants to have to deal with. 
I would be happy if families would listen to that. Too often people just kind of, they're in worry mode. That kind of paralyzes them. And I don't want that for people. I want them to feel like they're well taken care of and they don't have to stress about what the future holds because there's a plan in place for it. I love it, Elizabeth. And and I will tell you, I agree with you. I think, you know, the analysis paralysis is what we used to call it. And I'm guilty of it still to this day, even though this is what I do for a living is I help families navigate the maze. And there's still times where like, I know I really have to straighten this out with Medicare. I'll do it tomorrow because it's just, I've oh, made well. it into this big thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so is this the best way to reach you? I have your website, your email. Do you prefer email? Do you prefer phone? Is there a preference? I don't have a preference. Either way is fine. I also have a YouTube channel that is... Oh, that's a good... Yes. That should have been in last thoughts. Yeah. So, sorry. You can get to that from my website pretty easily. I Unfortunately, I don't have a good channel like name. I don't have enough. I guess I'm not big enough yet on YouTube to have like a easy name, YouTube slash this. But you can get to it from my website easily. I will include a link in the show description as well. I got to give you a plug on that. I think you do a great job on those videos. I, I really do. Thank you. I'm having a lot of fun. It's definitely out of my comfort zone, but once it's done, I'm always like, okay, like that worked out pretty well. <laughs> I can do this. I can do hard things. <laughs> well, it's the same thing you're asking your families to do, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, th- this has been an awesome conversation, Elizabeth. I'm sure we'll have you back to talk some more. Um, yeah, I love that. Thank you for making the time to talk to us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the ABCs of Disability Planning Podcast. We invite your feedback and comments. Please feel free to leave a review wherever you are listening, and don't forget to hit like, follow, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. For more information, please visit us at www.specialneedsnavigator.us.